Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome, everyone, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. As you heard, we are the interactive call-in show that aims to offer you a place to have a sense of community, to dig deeper, to share more, and perhaps to find a spiritual lens through which you can look at the things that impact your every day. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here with my dear friend and co-host, Steve Hassenberg. Hey, Callie. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? It's so windy in California. We have the Santa Ana's blowing in at ferocious rates. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'll be sure to keep my seatbelt on over here on the East Coast then, just in case it reaches us. (laughs) So you're in California. I'm covering the, the right coast here in the central Hudson Valley, north of New York City. And we're going to jump into our show tonight. So the question becomes, how in touch are you really with all the different thoughts and emotions you experience in a given hour or day? Do you judge them? Do you shun them? Do you bury them or shame some of of your truths? Or are you comfortable getting to know each and every part of yourself? Well, today we aim to help you do just that. No, you are not crazy just because you're feeling every color of the rainbow, especially these days toward people, toward situations, toward yourself. So today we are going to talk about the personality matrix and we invite you to call us to join the conversation. The number is 816-251-3555. We are here to hear you share, answer your questions and hopefully offer guidance. So why don't we start with why we came up with the name personality matrix and what the heck it means. Why did we come up with it? Yeah, it's kind of loaded. Why did we come up with it? <laughs> you're, asking, you're asking me? Do you remember how we I, came I up do. with it? Yeah, I do. I have no memory of it. I do. I do. I have clear memory of it because, um, you know, I mean, we, 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 the topics that we cover and, the, you know, the, the things that we like to broach and offer um, come from our own personal experience and our own, you know, days and weeks and the things that we're feeling really strongly or at least when one of us is, and the other one concedes to do the show. <laughs> so I think um, probably in the last month or two, I've been feeling more varying degrees of experience and feelings and relationship or lack thereof with my center. 
So I've kind of been really all over the place in a more extreme way. You know how often like you're in a mood for a day or a week or there's an experience that's impacting you? Well, I feel like my toggle has been more frequent and more extreme. And so I was thinking a lot about how I feel grateful that I'm pretty most of the time comfortable embracing all sides and not pushing any sides away. And I also have a lot of people in my life that aren't as comfortable doing that where I'm always encouraging them, you know, you can love this person and still hate their guts or you can still be grateful for a certain experience, but be upset by certain aspects of Uh it. So that's sort of what birthed this. I see. Sound familiar? It does sound familiar. I, I think the other reason we came up with it is because of the challenges going on right now. Yeah. And we're all under siege. And it's an interesting word, under siege. Yeah, it's not (laughs) something we don't think of that as, you know, sort of normal layman in our everyday lives. It it sounds like more of an expression out of a movie or something or the news. Right. Some people call this a war, like a war zone, right? Because there's so many challenges. And when you're under siege, or another way of saying it, is uh, under challenge or there are great adversities in your life, what it does is it triggers and catalyzes lots of different thoughts, lots of different feelings, lots of different fears, lots of different beliefs. True. And it's so hard to keep track of them. It's almost like we're swamped. During the riots in L.A., I felt swamped. Right by not only the fear of the riots, whether they were going to come into my neighborhood, uh, the COVID was going on, um, we were already under bunker mentality. And um, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about how important it is to open yourself to whatever energies are flowing towards you for whatever reasons. And we're gonna chat about that together. Yeah. I think, right, the point that you bring, I, I feel like, you know, I was thinking um, earlier, I, I've always been a pretty raw feeling person by nature. And, you know, it took a long time to get to a place where I knew all those. I mean, obviously, this is always an ongoing work in progress, all of us, all we humans, right? But I realized that it took a long time for me to get to a place where I was okay even recognizing them and dealing with them. You know, like I think about being a little kid and because of the household I grew up in, I didn't have a safe place to feel angry. So I never really became comfortable with the um, feeling of anger. And I remember because we grew up, I mean, we have a lot of similarities. People get to know us a little bit better and and see that. Um, And I remember one year for Hanukkah gift, my mother bought me a punching bag, like one of those, uh, you know, stand up punching, something like that. And I didn't understand why. And she said, you need to get your feelings out because you, you know, you don't, you're not in touch with them. I had no idea what she was talking about. It took a few decades and me getting into therapy to recognize how true it was. But Mm -hmm. the point is, is that I think as you start going through a process where you recognize how you're feeling and you're honoring every little piece of it, and we'll talk more about um, later about how you can do that, that it becomes easier to be in your own skin. And then to your point about now, the world and what's been going on and how, um, I won't say an even playing field, but there's an, a very deep, challenging collective collective experience that's going on all over the globe. And I think it, it's magnifying everybody's experience. And like you said, it's magnifying the tumult and all the different pieces that are being thrown at us, all the different emotions and experiences that right. we're having. 
Yeah. So, you know, I have my own little childhood experience. Did you? Yeah, it was actually a large one. It stayed with me through a lot of therapy. Yeah. And that was that I suppressed a lot of my feelings uh, because the house was in such turmoil mm -hmm. that I decided I was the one who was going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. So you've heard this before from me, but I started my psychology practice at seven years old. You were a very early bloomer professionally. I was. And uh, I, I really tried to help everybody come to resolution. But in the process, and this is the point, in the process, and some people at home may have felt this, I had to suppress my own needs in mm -hmm. order to take care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. yep. So I never, I it, it, maybe yesterday I started getting better. <laughs> <laughs> at expressing my needs, but it's always been the hardest thing in my life. Mm -hmm. And then getting very resentful because people weren't meeting my needs. Mm -hmm. So I was in a paradox. Yeah, I that's a very familiar paradox to me because we grew up with very similar dynamics where, yeah, you don't have your voice and you a lot of feelings and emotions and experiences get sublimated. In fact, we're going to, I'll digress for a moment and say that we're going to talk more in a few weeks. Um, aptly, right before the holidays, oh, our last yes. show of 2021 <laughs> will be on the gifts of dysfunctional families. So thank you for te teeing that up and teasing that. And we'll be um, talking more deeply about that. Um, and in you a know few what? Weeks. I have to just preface that by saying it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it does, it's true. It does. <laughs> it keeps giving because it's, it never leaves you for better or worse. And never then you ends. become. <laughs> right. And you become your best self because of or in spite of, I always say, you know, you, you kind of cover both sides of the coin. Um, but coming back to how it develops our personalities differently and sort of this myriad kind of a tapestry of different feelings, you know, sometimes like there, I have one very close friend who is equally, if maybe not more raw and feeling than I am. So every day could be different. Every time we see each other within two minutes, we're crying and we're laughing and it's very powerful. And there's you know, perhaps dramatic, but not over dramatized. It's just raw and real. And yet we're both um, very intent on embracing those sides, you know. So I think we want to speak maybe to people that aren't as comfortable or the times in our life where we weren't as comfortable. I mean, when yeah, you, I, you know, when you were younger, I, I mean, I, I know this about you, that there were times where you felt a lot of duality and a lot of splinteredness in your personality traits, right? Yeah, I, you know that I was trying to be a guru before I became one. <laughs> That's common for a lot of gurus, but at least you know enough, and you're not that guy anymore, but you know enough to know that you were trying to be a guru who wasn't a guru. But back then, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right, I know. Right? Yeah. But I think you're reminding me of the anxiety I used to have mm -hmm. a lot about being in crowds of people. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was um, as what what they call socially phobic. I don't think I was that bad, but I was definitely on the spectrum. Close. I was close to it. And so when we'd go to these, I lived in a wealthy neighborhood that I could barely afford. And so I was often invited to Christmas parties mm -hmm. and I'd be terrified of going there. And in some way being found out, that's what we're usually afraid of. Right, that someone's going to 
They're going to. We always want to be. Well, sorry to interrupt you. It's it's there's a there's another paradox here because every human being wants to be seen or heard. To me, like that's bottom line, baseline, right. the core of all of our existence and the crux of a lot of problems on the planet too. Right. And at the same time, we don't want people to see us or certain pieces of us. It's so true. Right? So if if you're trying to be a guru <laughs> and you're hiding maybe ninety percent of your life because only ten percent is the guru. 90% is dysfunctional. Right. And so you're hiding all that. And so you go to this Christmas party in hiding, in secret, and you're hoping against hope that nobody really talks to you about anything because you may have to reveal something that people are going to hate. Right, right. Isn't that how it works? It is. It's amazing. And, and that's part of, you know, when I was, it reminds me of right before I got into therapy, I was in a very, um, this was in my early 30s. I was in an, what's probably the most informative relationship of my life, at least at, you know, at that time. And I, um, it was very powerful, very potent relationship, very romantic. We were traveling all over the world and very exploratory on lots of different levels. And it was, you know, really special, um, in that way. And at the same time, there were a lot of issues and I was a really defensive person you know, looking back, really defensive. So anytime he took issue with me or I felt like there was something that I didn't um, step up to or wasn't showing up in, you know, the right, quote, unquote, right way, I um, I couldn't be self-effacing about it because I was that uncomfortable. I hadn't gotten to know those pieces of my personality yet. Um, you know, now I, I don't think defensive would be one of the first adjectives someone would use to describe me, but it took you know, whatever, 10, 20 years of, um, of therapy and getting more comfortable with embracing all my parts. Right. Um, to now I'm kind of on the other side and just sort of an, you know, an open book and, and, and in the hope of creating that safe space for other people to be just as open and raw and vulnerable as, you know, as we feel comfortable to do. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. If you have anything you'd like to share, a question, a comment, we would love to hear from you. That's why we're here. The number is 816-251-3555. So we have established to some degree what the personality matrix is and all the different levels and layers and flavors. But let's talk about the spiritual piece of it. And where our personality pieces originate, in your view? In, in my view. In your and, sagely view, yes. In my sagely view and in the Vedic, Vedanta, Vedic view, for those of the people at home listening, the Vedas were the ancient, probably the oldest ancient scriptures uh, from India, probably dated about four or 5,000 years old. And from the Vedas, the idea is that the personality is, and we love this word, Callie and I, personality is a mosaic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that personality is woven in a metaphysical way before we take birth. And it's woven with different parts. Some parts are more developed, some parts are less developed. And... All of these parts in the Vedas, they're called vasanas. They're two words that are really interesting. Vasanas and samskaras. My favorite are the samskaras. You love samskaras? Oh, I love them. I'm so in love with my samskaras. Why don't we talk about what they are first so and why I'm being sarcastic? <laughs> 
Some scars are impressions left in the heart from other lifetimes. The vasanas are the beliefs, the desires, the wishes, the dreams, the ideas that are the coloration, in a way, of the samskaras. And these are what's called the mosaic. We're calling them the mosaic. Different vasanas from different lifetimes, different samskaras from different lifetimes that are all placed into the personality in order to find resolution and healing. I really like this stuff much better than if I talked about it from Western psychology. Well, that's what I was going to chime in because that's my job as the, uh, you know, as the, as the student often in our relationship, kicking and screaming my way to spiritual enlightenment. <laughs> so I, and so I try to get there, Callie. you know, kicking and screaming. But to me, these are, you know, and I, I say this half jokingly cause I've learned, um, and a lot, largely in part from you, to, to embrace them, but often these are the persistent, enduring storylines and narratives that come from far, far away, from some other time or deep in our soul's imprint that are really hard to shake and can take a lot of love and a lot of work and a lot of practice to transmute and dilute. And that's my new bumper sticker, Transmute and Dilute. They sound Ooh, nice together. Like Isn't that nice? So I never send those, those two things together. Um, and so it ain't easy and it ain't pretty. So when you use the word mosaic, I mean, and, you know, you can speak so poetically about it. And I know that is the, you know, that's the, that's the, the helpful reframe and lens to have. But it's hard. It's hard work. Of course it is. And it's important to remind everybody that on the show, we, we want to take both a psychological view and a spiritual view. Yes, we are marrying those two. And Kelly and I decided that the idea of taking the spiritual view with the psychological is a way of a, creating a deeper understanding and a deeper knowing about who we are, how we got here, where we're going to, what the heck is going on? What's going on? And so it provides a wonderful foundation. In fact, this was the reason for the myths. All the myths in history were really little stories, little narratives to provide people with a foundation of how to get through their life. Mm -hmm. That's is what there, they were for. Is there any one particular one that comes to mind as you think about that? No, I'm not I'm thinking, thinking about any wanna... particular, but what I'm thinking about is that in all ancient traditions, there was an infusion of myth. Mm -hmm. And the te they were teaching stories. Yep. And so I hope that our show provides a way of being a teaching story in different ways for people so they can have a, uh, a more secure foundation to stand on as they're going through their life. Let's talk about, um, I want you to just mention the Thich Nhat Hanh um, concept about full participation. And then I'd like to talk a little bit more about authenticity and how we can grow into living a more 360 existence. Yeah, often, you know, be, I studied Buddhism for a long time. I'm st I still practice mindfulness. I teach mindfulness. And I, I, it's wonderful stuff. But for a long time, I thought that Buddhists were detached. And I didn't understand the difference between a t detachment 
and compassionate Mm non-attachment interesting distinction yeah yeah what do I what does that bring up for you when I say that well when I think about I mean detachment sounds like your um it's the word I'm looking for uh well let me start the other way non-attachment sounds softer and like there's just a gentle gentle spaciousness around things and a sense of neutrality Mm -hmm. and detachment sounds a little bit more defensive like you're um you know uh you know um repelling against something absolutely so I came to this, uh, the new idea about it from Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh, of course, is one of the great mm-hmm. Buddhist masters. teachers, mm-hmm. Buddhist masters. In fact, he was nominated for Nobel Prize during the Vietnam War mm. because of his journalism. He was a, 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 what would be the word, a renowned journalist. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about, in all of his books, a full participation Buddhism. And full participation meant you had a compassion, a heart-open compassion, with a certain non-attachment. And that means that you let in all the feelings, all the experiences, you're not running from life. Right. And at the same time, you're not grasping too heavily. So you don't grasp too heavily and you don't deny. Right. That I haven't mastered for the record. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> for the record. It's a, it's a work in progress every day, every moment sometimes, catching yourself and trying to find some sense of mindfulness about you know, your attachment or your aversions and what you're running toward, trying to chase pleasure and you know, when you're trying to run away from pain, it sort of all comes down to the to the same thing. But to stop and be still and to create the space around that is, it's a thing. It really <laughs> it's is. It's a thing for we humans, you know. But you like the notion of it, right? I think it's beautiful. I mean, I think it's um, it's a wonderful aspirational goal, you know. And um, I think it's a beautiful concept. And it speaks to the idea of authenticity. And I'm just, I'm thinking back to the first time, this is a boss of mine when I worked, I actually worked with um, the psychic medium, John Edward, many years ago on um, a few of his television show iterations, which was a really beautiful, powerful experience. And the executive producer, just a lovely guy and a super soul brother. And we were friends well after, you know, the, the show ended. And I remember once we were having a conversation probably about the difference between when you have a relationship with someone at work and then outside of work, it was some, something about compartmentalizing. And he brought up the idea of the 360 concept of like being more holistic with your relationships and at you as a person. And it was so simple, but I'd never really thought about it in that way. And it always kind of stuck with me. So when I think about that, um, and how that applies now, I think about, um, the word authenticity Mm -hmm. and, my question is always, why is it so hard for we humans to be authentic? You know, it's probably one of my biggest priorities is to show up in that way as much as I can. But again, it's a decision to make and it can take some, you know, cojones or some gall um, sometimes it, to, it to really do so. It really does, Callie. You know, I, I don't think it should. I feel like our basic nature should be that we're able to show up just as we are and be accepted and by ourselves, number one and then by the rest of the world, but that's not the way it works. It seems like we kind of come in from the perfect, like the polar opposite starting line and then work our way backwards to authenticity if we're lucky. 
Do you think? Well, it's that old idea from John Locke. Do you remember John? I don't think I know who that is. John Locke right? was a British philosopher. Oh. And he came up with this idea that we are blank slates uh, when yeah. we're born. Tabula rosa. I think it was tabula rosa or tabula rasa. And the idea that we're blank slates isn't true. Mm. The reason for me that I, I have understood through the years is I, I came in and I didn't like myself. Mm. There were parts of my, a lot of parts of myself that were very distasteful. It's so hard for me to imagine that. <laughs> it's so true, Knowing though. how I feel about you, very hard to imagine. It was sweat and blood to get to where I am. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that. <laughs> you know? And when I say I, I spent so many years in many different forms of therapy and body work and all kinds of stuff, trying to first unload things, but then I learned better and I realized I needed to understand and embrace things more mm -hmm. rather than get rid of them. The mm -hmm. first piece is always I have to get rid of that part. Mm -hmm. It's a bad voice. It's like we walk around with the Greek chorus inside of us. Right. Judging and evaluating rather than judging, just evaluating, it. singing horrible songs. <laughs> and we get caught up in listening to these voices and we think they're telling us the truth, but what these voices are actually talking about are experiences, powerful, difficult, negative experiences that we've had in our childhood and other lifetimes. And that you would always say to take it to the next level are there for us to get to know. Everything is meant to be known. Everything that's given to us is meant to catalyze us to put a spotlight on it, to love it more, to get to know it, to befriend it more so that we can either choose to keep it, right, um, to forward our evolutionary path or to let it go out into the energy ether and serve another purpose. Yeah, from, well said. I don't know who said that, but thanks. <laughs> Uh, the idea is that everything is coming up to be healed. Mm -hmm. And so if we're uneasy with parts of us, the more uneasy we are, the more, as you said before, the more these energies are deeply rooted. And they're beckoning us. They're begging us to help them. So on that note, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how we can start to reconcile all of our different parts, different tips, different action steps to help you get to know yourself better. And you can call us at 816-251-3555. We'll be right back. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome back, everybody. You are here on Unity Online Radio with us. We are One Soul Radio. 
My name is Callie Alpert with my friend and co-host Steve Hassenberg. And today we are talking about the personality matrix, all the pieces of us, the feelings, the thoughts, the crazy, the underlying shadows that comprise who we are and the idea of learning to embrace all those things and to love them all so that they can all coexist peacefully as one happy being, right? One happy being. That's the goal, is we all want to be one whole happy being instead of multi-personality splintered beings, right. which I think we can all do on a, on a day. Um, you know, I want to so say, before the break, we were talking about just, uh, you know, different versions of authenticity or lack thereof. And, you know, you're taught, we were talking about Thich Nhat Hanh and um, the idea of full participation and like how we come in as a clean slate or, or don't. And I was thinking about an analogy that I've always had in my head of how we humans are like, you know, as we grow up and as Don Miguel Ruiz would say, get indoctrinated and all the layers and scar tissue start accumulating, you know, on top of our innocent little beings that come into this world when we're, when we're born, that I think about statues, like a, you know, a big um, statue that needs to be kind of chipped away at to get back to the core of who we are, like the origin. That's good. You know, and that the, it's always an image I've had in my head and that the goal when you're doing any kind of psychological or spiritual work is to continue to chisel away until you get back to the purest form of yourself. So Beautiful I wanted to share Kelly. that. You like that? I love that. As, as the artist soul that you are. I love that so much. I'm so glad. So let's talk a little bit more about um, the permission that we strive to have to, you know, to experience um, all the diverse parts of our, our personalities. And again, if you're joining us and you'd like to share a comment or pose a question or get some guidance on something that's on your mind, please call us at 816-251-3555. We are here for you to answer and share um, and swap stories and thoughts and feelings. So, um, I was thinking recently, I think I shared this with you when we were preparing for the show, the difference between the and and the but, you know, many years ago, somebody that I knew wrote a, a book, um, that was prompted by his love of Joseph Campbell and the hero and heroine's journey and dark night of the soul and all those references. And, he was a big advocate of the word and, which is really where I've been at when I try to express like what I mean by embracing my version of a personality matrix. So I would say it's been at least five, seven years since I've all but rid the word but from my vocabulary. It's not perfect, but it's now it's more ingrained in me. It's not like I'm doing it that gratuitously so I can uh -huh. try out some cool new like trend with myself. But it was kind of an exercise that came and it's just a, sort of a, that, that nothing is at the, um, some, nothing's mutually exclusive of anything else and that everything can coexist. And so it's, it's just something I started to play with a bunch of years ago that's become more organic in, in, you know, just in the way I look at things and in the way I express myself. And it's sort of been cool. So uh, you're using and as something inclusive. Yeah, just uh, to make room for everything to be acceptable. That's beautiful. We should all do this. I hadn't even thought about it in a while um, uh -huh. because it's just like I said, it's become that reflexive and it's not all the time. But even when I'm on the verge of using the word, but I'll stop myself. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, it's just been a really interesting process to play with that. 
Can I mention something about indoctrination? Please do. Because you know a lot about Don Miguel. <laughs> um, I think it's important to look at our childhood. Part of it's an indoctrination mm. because uh, there are other beliefs that we have to uh, assimilate. Parental beliefs, which we'll talk about on our a December is it December seventeenth show? It's our it's our last show of twenty twenty. Our gift of the the gifts of dysfunctional family show. Perfect for the holidays, isn't it? We think so. So the idea of dysfunction is also a funny word, because in order to grow, in order to maximize our potential, we need adversity. And some of the adversities that we get early on are from our wonderful families. <laughs> so if you can start looking at it, and I, I began looking at this many years ago, I started looking at the, in quotes, indoctrination and adversities as teachings, right. as initiations. Mm -hmm. And so because my family was so dysfunctional, I had to do something to see. I was led to this because out of necessity, yeah. I had to do something to make sense of it all. Right, just to survive. Right? And so we all try to make sense of how we grew up. And if you could see it as a soul creation, as a soul calling, and the indoctrinations or adversities, not all of them, but most of them are known before we take birth. Right. And they have purpose and they have meaning at deep spiritual levels, maybe in order to overcome, in order to come back to our love, in order to come back to ourselves with a broader understanding. All of these things have a great and profound importance. So I wanted to run that by you. <laughs> Easy for you to say. And, you know, I've said that to you before. No, absolutely. I do believe this to be true, but it's a choice to believe it because on a lot of days, it's very hard to embrace those things and look at them, especially when you're in the middle of something really difficult. It's, it's very um, challenging to look at it as a potential benefit. So it does really become, again, a, it's a process and a choice and a practice and ongoing curriculum. Um, that, you know, if you have the right guide or the right teacher or the right book to remind you constantly, um, that there is some value. It, well, it's not even, I won't even get to that part yet. It's just in, in knowing the overarching belief system that all is well and all is given to you as a gift. I think, right. first of all, you have to decide that you want to at least play with that and pretend to believe it on a, on a good day, right? Yeah, and I, then. I, I always say, if you can't believe it, imagine it. Mm. So imagine it first. Yeah. And then after you've imagined it for a while, you start to believe it. Yeah. Act as if. Acts as if. Yes. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah. And that's interesting, tricky too, because then you could say, you know, I mean, a lot of people will say people that are on a spiritual ride are just spiritualizing things away and they're intellectualizing these decisions to heal and to believe. And it's really a crock of BS. And how can you possibly say that somebody who's in deep pain or someone's in deep suffering or struggle is, you know, that it's meant to be. And these words, you know, these expressions get bits destined and it's meant to be and everything's a lesson and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's very easy um, to either buy that but not really understand it from a heart space 
or um, be skeptical and think the whole thing's a crock right. until you right until you kind of deepen. So, what would be a way to assuage that skepticism and have somebody take like, you know, and we won't. We're going to get to our action steps in a few moments, but before we do that, my question to you would be, how do you even get somebody to? you know, pump up the volume on their belief system to buy into what you're saying, because it's easy for you to say. Well, it no? doesn't matter so much if people buy it or not. I think the important thing is that uh, what we're trying to say is that there's a deeper foundation in life. And if you have any desire at all to know about that deep foundation, that deep vibratory essence, that resonant energy, then you do something like meditate or you practice a little yoga or you practice some mindfulness and you begin to take some steps in the direction of spirit. And nobody can talk you into anything. We're all experts. And so it's something that happens gently through your own practice through your own reading, through meeting people. And so I would never want anybody to believe what we're saying just because we're saying it. <laughs> Don't listen to a word we're saying. Don't None of it. Don't listen to a piece of what we're saying. None of it. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is be your own advocate, be your own skeptic, be your own student, be your own voice, be your be, own be your own guru, really. Be your own guru, be your yeah. own authentic self and test everything that's coming in. How does it work for you? Does it feel right in your heart? Does it feel right in your life? Is it something you want to get to know better? Mm. And uh, everybody is authentic, um, authentically themselves. And we wouldn't want it any other way. That's an interesting way to look at it because if everyone's authentically themselves, but, and I guess I just said, but, and, and I'm putting a judgment <laughs> on it. I just broke all my own rules. You did. Judging and use, using the word, but, um, how do you, how do you address or process or receive someone who's not authentic? You know, you're giving, you're saying you're giving everybody credit for being, for, for living in their authenticity. But I think what you're saying is everyone's showing up just as they are and it's not yeah. for anybody to really speak to or evaluate what their level of authenticity is. Is that yeah, what I'm, I'm hearing? I'm using the word authentic as we show up with all of our difficulties and our anxieties and our happiness. And we always showing up with everything right. in one way or another. Right. Even though I was denying a lot of me for a long time. Yeah, so so was I. I mean, I think a lot of people are. Let's talk quickly, but before we're going to share some action steps um, that can help people to get to be more comfortable with all of their different parts and take these little baby steps. Um, let's speak just quickly to the idea of self-esteem, because I think you had some really cool ideas about that. And again, this... I think self-esteem is the end result of being more embracing of who we are and recognizing and loving all our parts. I think when you don't and you're feeling more fragmented, it's harder to feel a sense of self-esteem. So you talked about self-esteem being contextual, right? Or yeah, I think if everybody, everybody listening at home to think about the idea that there are parts of us that are very developed and there are parts of us, this is back to the mosaic, which we could also call a puzzle that you have to put together. Mm -hmm. And there are parts of us 
that are less developed. Now I call the developed parts red tomatoes and I call the undeveloped parts green tomatoes. But the idea with green tomatoes, if you're gardening, is that when you bite into it and you break your teeth, you don't necessarily want to throw it away and rip it out of the garden. You know that it's in a developmental or maturing process. And so everything inside of us, think about it right now in you, Callie, parts of you that are developed and those parts that are more developed have more self-esteem and more confidence and are more easily expressed. Right. And the parts that are less developed, you might want to hide. You have less safety around, less self-esteem, less confidence about, and those need our greater attention. Right. And so we want to be really good gardeners. <laughs> I love that we can be our own farmers, our own cultivators, our we own can. seed sowers. We could just go on and on with these anal- we- metaphors and analogies. And But I love that. I love that green tomatoes, red tomatoes, because I think that's such a nice way to talk to our ripening personality traits. All right. Now Ooh. I'm really, now I'm really, now a I'm ripening personality. Super cheesy. I love so, that. In our remaining moments, let's talk about some action steps. We have three specific action steps that we can offer our listeners um, to help them become a little bit more reconciled. So the first one is think of one thing that you're uncomfortable about and carry it with you the whole day. Write it down. So let's, let's share an example. What would that be? Something that I'm uncomfortable about? Yeah. Um, I was always uncomfortable about my weight. I didn't know that about you. No, because I lost weight. <laughs> so but if I, you still were that person, what, how, how would you play out this exercise? Um, I was, uh, what I would do about that is I'd write it down. I'm uncomfortable about my weight. I put it in my pocket and I try to befriend it. Mm. Uh, um it's obviously one of those things that when I was a kid, I was, my mother called me chunky. Instead of fat, oh, I was two things. I was chunky and husky, right? And it always disturbed me. And so I've, I've had it my whole life. I don't have it now, but I've had it. And so I knew it would be something that has deep roots. And as we've talked about through the show today, I want to get to know that part better. It's looking to know me better. There's something in it that I need to learn about. So the point would be to just even take a little piece of paper and write down, I think I am fat. I feel husky. I don't like my body. Write it down. Take a little piece of paper, stick it in your back pocket and, and sit with it and just sort of think about it or try to look at it from a new perspective with a little more love, right? Yeah, new perspective. Try to understand what it is. Let's try again. If we go back to Greek chorus, it's talking to you. We have these little voices, mm-hmm, the talking, chatter, the inner chatter. And it wants you to hear something. There's something important in it. For me, it had to do with it's just so people know, it had to do with anxiety. Mm. And so I would eat because I was anxious. And it was telling me, face the anxiety, not the chips but I would take the chips over anxiety and my anxiety would continue. 
And it takes you away from the point of the eating and trying to be militant about controlling that and getting deeper into what it is that you're feeding, which is ultimately always the more important thing when you're dealing with any vices or behaviors that aren't the greatest. So number one, think of something you're uncomfortable with and carry it around with you all day and try to dig a little deeper as to what it's really trying to say to you. Second one would be to create a self-judgment inventory. So list everything that you despise about yourself, that you doubt about yourself, that you're judging about yourself. Right. And um, and and make a list. Yeah. You know, this is important. Because <laughs> it's given... what a fun exercise to do. Oh, it I know. Can I'm be. It's like cringing. Purge. I'm already <laughs> cringing. Because <laughs> you're going to have to do this exercise tomorrow, you know, to start your day. <laughs> I did this exercise for a long time. Uh, this is an inventory for a technique called stalking. Mm-hmm. And that's. A technique that I learned from Don Miguel Ruiz, who I was with for about three years. And it helped me quite a bit because what what the first step was, was to make an inventory of your self-judgments, your self-criticisms, your self-diminishment, your self-condemnation, your son. Keep going, brother. Keep going. Your self-hatred. Your... <laughs> But not to what the problem with that is that if you see all of those in front of you, it can get very, very difficult. So the idea is to bring everything that's difficult to awareness first. Mm. Awareness is always stage one of healing, right? Getting it out of your body and giving it some truth and some space and some air to breathe rather than being sublimated and buried in there, too. Exactly. And once you know that. Then you can practice the technique, which we can actually do sometime in our show. But the technique would be blowing out a judgment to the sun, watching it burn up, and then loving yourself for having the courage to change and forgiving yourself for having punished yourself. Mm, So important. We can go into that at some point, but that helped me probably more than any other technique I learned to come back to more wholeness and self-esteem. I remember when you, um, when we first met, you shared that technique with me and I played with that for a while. It was really yeah. interesting and very powerful. Yeah. It's 2000 um, years old, Kelly. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow. It's from the Toltec tradition in India. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, did the Toltecs originate in India or Mexico? No, the, the Toltecs originated in Mexico. Oh, but was it adopted from an, a tradition in, in India? No, they were, they kind of grew out of the soil and they preceded the Mayans and the Incas. Um, So the third action step is just give yourself a day of saying yes to everything, everything that comes up. Wow. Right. And yes can be, I mean, even, you know, some people will say, oh, she's such a great yes girl, meaning you say yes to invitations and to, you know, opportunities for things. But I think what we mean is more internally say yes to everything that you feel, everything that comes out of your mouth, perhaps everything that's around you or somebody else that's around you that says things that kind of tick you off here and there and just accept everything or at least play along as if you are experiment with the idea of saying yes. So it's like accepting what is. Right. As Byron Katie would say. Exactly. Yeah, right? we're just going to say the same. Give her some. Were you? Her bibliography. Yep. And so when you don't accept what is, you suffer. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways of overcoming suffering 
is to accept what is. Doesn't mean you don't grapple with it, but you take a more open, optimistic, yes attitude toward things that Callie's talking about. When my spiritual teacher, Bill Bauman, many years ago gave me this assignment, he said, I just want you to say yes to everything that comes along. I found it to be so difficult. Was he talking about, and what specifically was he um, was he offering up in terms of coming along? Meaning well, just everything that you were feeling or just every experience in life that was being... Say used? yes to your feelings. Yeah. Don't reject them. Yeah. Say yes to opportunities, which is so easy. Mm-hmm. Well, Say they're yes. fun ones. <laughs> if it's a great party invitation. <laughs> right. Or, yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, that's easy. I'll do that. Say yes to obstacles. Yeah. That's a but one. it puts you, you know, um, there's a wonderful book about untethering the soul. Do you remember the author of that? Yeah, Michael Singer, The Untethered yeah, Michael Soul. Singer. Yeah, he wrote that and he wrote The Surrender Experiment or right. The Surrender Project. Two amazing, powerful books, true stories, great stories with great lessons, beautiful so books. That's kind of on the same line as this. Because surrendering is a yes. Right. And so in order to get to a surrender into life, which is another great idea for a show. I'm writing it down. This, <laughs> it's so good. This, I don't know anything about surrender. You know, I, I don't even know how to spell it. Well, you've been, been forced surrender <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> I have, yes. There's, I was going to say, I, that's definitely a big topic for me for a while now. There's voluntary surrender. <laughs> right, and then there's forced surrender. Forced surrender. Right. Uh, Those are two strong distinctions we'll have to make when we have more time to get into a proper show about that, actually. I'm noting it. Oh, good. Yeah. So surrender is a big yes. Mm-hmm. And then to allow the currents of life. It's like if you're in a sailboat and you're on a, a choppy sea, you have to uh, abide by the currents. And so he's saying, be one with the current and see where it takes you. Be the best sailor, but surrender into what's coming and find you a way to navigate through it. Right. It's such a, you know, it's on a, on a good day, it's all the most beautiful thing. It all makes so much sense. The idea that everything we're given is what we're to be making friends with and to softening into and leaning into and surrendering into and going with the, you know, aligning with or whatever terminology you want to use. I do believe that to be the spiritual truth, you know, um, and the baseline that we aspire to if we want to be um, more spiritually whole. And yet the process of it is such a bear, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard. It really is. um, Yeah. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Because because we're so wanting to control the outcome. Or we We just want to feel good and easy and groovy. I just want to romp in the daisy fields every day. That's my nature. Did you do it today? (laughs) I went outside on my deck. You know, it's like 50 degrees here um, in upstate New York. And I went out on my deck and did a 20-minute online workout during my lunchtime. That was the extent of it. Oh, that's fantastic. No daisy fields, but at least it got a little bit of sun and a little bit of um, fresh air. I love that. Yes, I did. But uh, anyway... The idea being that it's uh, it's it's what we're here to support people in doing. We hope that going forward, our shows will 
um, cover different topics that will help to enable people just to get to this. Because for us, we joke sometimes at all the shows, we do come down to the exact same thing, even though we like to think that they're, you know, they're, the topics are different and varied and cover lots of material, that ultimately a lot of this road to psychological and spiritual peace and fulfillment comes down to distills down to the same handful of things that we're talking what about, would those right? Be, Callie? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think you've mentioned them. The idea of surrender, the idea of yeah. being still, the idea of making friends with everything that is the idea of using your challenges and your darker parts to catalyze you to give love to the pieces of you that don't, um, that might have been neglected. And to love what is. Summed up so perfectly. That was it. Um, you know, that that's my uh that's what that's my my student mind for today. I love your student mind. So I love your student mind and I love your teacher's mind too. So just to reiterate the action steps uh to help you make more peace and bring your personality matrix to a, a more bonded state. Think of one thing you'd be uncomfortable about. Take Write down a little piece of paper, carry it around with you all day. Um, do a self-judgment inventory list and list everything that you despise, judge, doubt about yourself, all the things you never really want to talk about. Nobody has to look. You don't have to read it out loud, but it's just a step to get you more comfortable. And try to do a day of saying yes to everything that comes up, everything that comes your way. Let's so, do that. Let's make a pledge. Let's do it. We could do a dollar in the jar every time we mess up. Okay, let's All do right. it starting right this minute. So we want to thank, <laughs> we want it done. Um, you can, we'll keep an eye on each other. So we want to thank everybody for joining us. Please check out our website at onesoulradio.com. You can enjoy the show in podcast form right here on unityradioonline.org, on Apple, on Spotify. Steve Hassenberg is stevehassenberg.com. You can find out more about me at callialpert.com. And please join us next week for our show, Gratitude as Medicine. Thank you all. You mean so much to us. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 